<laughs> and D. Right. Snyder was really kind of the uh, a little bit of the odd man out in that group because uh, I think Denver and Zappa, Zappa was obviously very undergroundish mm-hmm. uh, in his fan. Uh, Denver was very popular at that during just ahead of that time in the in the yeah. late seventies. And D. Snyder was popular with I think heavy metal and so forth, but I don't think he quite had the uh, you know notoriety or cachet of the other two uh, as far as people knowing who they were on site because he wore all the makeup and was part of the of the group. So. Listen to the vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes, and I'm very privileged to have Mr. Bob Lament here with me. Now, if you're wondering, um, he is a cartoon character today. <laughs> um, and maybe every day, maybe every day. <laughs> well, you host your own show called Static Radio? That is correct, yeah. All right, and uh, you kind of like me. I, I don't get too too prepared when i do my shows i mean i'm prepared but uh you know i'm writing down questions just it's boring it i think it takes away from the conversation when you write down questions and uh, and then half the time you're sitting there waiting for that pause to ask the next question and then the person's probably already answered before you even ask so (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i like free-flowing uh no uh rehearsals i mean minimum prep and just kind of you know let her rip (laughs) so tell us a little bit about the show so uh uh static radio is a show that uh, i do with uh, my co-host miles title we've been doing it since uh, uh january 1999 so we started doing the show uh after college we got out of college and uh, I had an interest in uh, we had been on college radio and mm. but but basically our career paths were not going to be in radio. Uh, and and so we uh, this I said, well, hey, I got this idea. Why don't we do this uh, thing on the Internet? Because it was fairly uh, young at that point compared to now. And um, and uh, he's not uh, quite as technologically savvy. And so I kind of set things up. And then every week we talk and tell stories. And and uh, we've been doing that every week since uh, since then. So it's been quite a lot longer than I figured. Uh, I fear we kind of get tired of it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it it we were doing it, um, you know, basically for... Uh, I guess like five years and then Adam Curry decided to do some him and Dave Weiner decided to make podcasting a thing. And so then that kind of reinvigorated it at that point in about 2004. And, um, and we've been kind of carrying on since then. Well, 1999. When I was a kid, I thought the year 2000 was so far away (laughs) and you know, 2000, I was going to turn 30. So, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just way, way off. And now I'm 52 and look, we're 2023. (laughs) That's ridiculous. But the funny thing is you thought like that and then you thought there'd be all, you know, it's cool. I mean, everything is really nice uh, in 2023. Don't get me wrong, but, I always thought there'd be more futuristic things. Uh, although, I mean, you can't be talking cartoon cat. That's pretty good. So, <laughs> Where'd you come up with that idea? 
So uh, over the years, uh, we've done, you know, various things uh, with the show just for fun. And um, a few years ago, I said I would, I, well, actually, it's been, always been a thing to, I wanted to animate some of it. And so a few years ago, I started doing the show. We'd record, and then I animated uh, uh, the two of us with uh, these two little characters. He was a snowman, and I was a talking blue cat. And I did that for a while, but it was really hard, uh, even though there's a lot more uh, tools and everything to do it. Um, it's really hard to keep that up. Uh, it's a little easier just to do the talking than to do all the back end work for, for stuff like this. But, um, uh, so that's where this character came from because that was going to be my, uh, avatar, if you will. And, um, and we have several on YouTube, uh, quite a few shows that are animated shows that, uh, have us talking as these characters. And so, um, as, time went on uh, and I've kind of been talking to other people a little more now. I thought, well, I'll just break this out because there is a, a obviously there's a way for it to do it in real time. Uh, and that's what I'm doing here for today. So it basically is looking at my face and, and listening to my voice and, and making the lips move and the eyes move uh, for the character. Well, I went through your social media kind of briefly and then the pictures that I pulled up, you you had your face covered. Is yeah. that with everything? Yeah, yeah. We've I've never uh, uh, been uh, publicly identified uh, in social media or anything. So that I, that came about. Well, you mentioned as we were getting started here, you know that you uh, have children and and grandchildren and so forth, and and I have children as well. And so when we started this, basically we didn't have any kids, but that was on the horizon as it were. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you get going and you say outrageous things from time to time. And so I'm like, well, maybe we better kind of curtail some of it just because I don't want to have people coming up to me <laughs> with my kids and everything and saying, you know, why were you, you know, this or that. So, um, yeah, we've been, uh, I'd say, uh, obfuscated uh, ever since. So we have the logo, which is a static radio dot is what I call it. And then if we have pictures or whatever, we dot them. Uh, and so then that way we're uh, kind of more behind the scenes, as it were. And then now with this, uh, to be in front of the scenes, then I've become a blue cat. So <laughs> when I first got the idea of doing this kind of show, I thought about putting a mask on and just so nobody would ever know who I was, but you know, it's hard. It's hard. It, it's not been easy over the years to, to do that, but uh been pretty, you know, fairly successful. There, there may be a glimpse or two here or there, but it's very rare. Now, do you have guests on your show? From time to time. Um, we've had guests. Uh, most of the time though, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of more about the stories and the things that we encounter uh, through life. So, but every once in a while we'll have a guest on um, and it usually uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit different uh, whenever that happens, because usually either one of us only the, knows the guest or is familiar with the guest. And then the other one kind of uh, struggles through it a little bit. So it really has been basically a 23-year conversation uh, about what's happening or weird things that uh, uh, come up 
in our lives or encounters or so forth. It seems that always, and I'm sure a lot of people have these, it's not anything that's, you know, kind of uh, uh, just uh, for myself or for miles, but you go out in the public and weird things happen and we just document them basically. Um, this week, uh, uh, the show, I haven't put it out yet. We recorded it last night, but uh, the show is going to have a story about me doing a, a software demo uh, for my work and um, something goes completely wrong for the person doing the demo. And I just happen to be the person on the other end. And, and uh, you know, it's very humorous. <laughs> I yeah, hope it's a, humorous. We'll put it that way. Well, there's a lot of folks out there. They, they think, Oh, my life is boring. I have nothing to talk about. And you'd be surprised. Some of the stories that I hear. Yeah. And, and some people just want to, get on and, and be heard you know can you blame them no so, just yeah. to document to document these things so yeah it's it's interesting so my kids are growing up now uh because they came along shortly after all this uh uh transpired and um and now they they listen and they look they laugh because uh there's lots of stories from their childhood and um, like one that stands out just uh, in my mind here as we're talking is my son, when he was little, um, he, uh, I always, I joked that he talked like uh, Mario or a little Italian man. He'd be like, daddy, what are we doing? You know, and he'd <laughs> always be inflecting like that. And so there's a whole story um, uh, one week where I'm talking about how I'm communicating with this toddler who sounds like Mario and, uh, you know, stuff like that happens and you remember it for a little while, but then uh, this kind of solidifies the memory into your old age. And then they're yeah. so little, they don't even have a clue. They don't remember any of it. And and so it gives them another reference point um, for when they were small. So a lot of stuff like that happened uh, uh, over the show, uh, just little weird, you know, things with the kids. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Yeah, I'll watch my, well, when my kids were little, I'd watch them and notice them doing a lot of the same things that I did when I was a kid. And they think they're being sneaky. And it's like, dude, I tried <laughs> to pull the same thing on my parents. And now our youngest grandson is living here with us. And the things he does to try to keep from going to bed, I think is <laughs> so hilarious. Um, he, he got, this is, happened several times but he'll get mad and you know most of the time he goes around and gives everybody a hug and a kiss and goes to bed mm. so last night he was so mad he wasn't going to give his grandma and grandpa a hug and kiss he was just going to go to bed <laughs> so he gets in there and you know he's, he's he's this little two almost three-year-old brain is turning and he's like oh well uh i can delay this a little longer 
Grandma and Grandpa need a hug and a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> now I changed my mind. Right. And his mama's been going to school in the evening. So my wife and I take turns putting him to bed. He last night he said he wanted Papa to put him to bed. So I'm in there and I'm I'm sitting at the end of the bed waiting for him to go to sleep. Well, he had to have his little monster truck to sleep with. And of course, <laughs> he couldn't find it conveniently. And he just wouldn't stop about it. So ended up going to try to find this thing. Couldn't find it. I think he hid it just so we wouldn't find it. Because <laughs> magically this morning he found it. But I ended up giving him a different truck. And why does he want to sleep with a truck? <laughs> hey well, you know sometimes you just got to have something there that's uh substantial so <laughs> his newest thing is he stops and he goes idea papa <laughs> <laughs> see that, those are the kind of moments that you capture that that at the at the time obviously you talk about it and so forth but you may lose that uh, you know, in five years or, or later, but mm -hmm. you know, that, that's funny idea, you know, like Eureka idea. <laughs> I mean, that's where, something to hold on to. Right. Where in the world did he come up with that? I don't know, but you know, these things, if we don't document them, sometimes we forget about it. I forget yeah, a lot exactly. of the things my kids did, you know? Exactly. There was, um, if you remember, a long time ago, there was a song, uh, I'm trying to remember the year now, but uh, um, uh, it was by Andre 3000, and it was uh, um, Hey hey Ya, right? Hey oh, okay. Hey Ya. Yeah. So that was a huge, huge thing, and my daughter was little, and uh, they go, you know, they're saying, shake it, shake it, shake, shake, and shake it like a Polaroid picture, right? So she'd be singing along, but she would say, shake it like a bulldozer. I don't know why, but, but you know, no irony whatsoever. She's singing, shake it, shake, shake it, shake it like a bulldozer. Like she heard bulldozer and Polaroid picture and, and forever, you know, now it's bulldozer for me, which I'm, it makes no sense. I don't know how you shake a bulldozer, but whatever. Uh, but that's the mind of a child at work and and you get those like that idea thing you just mentioned it's like you they just come out of something and you don't know what and you don't know why but they're hilarious and uh and you uh you know you capture that and you know as you go into the future you'll you'll have it to remember um because of it because you basically took a little mm -hmm. bit more time to to put it into a format that wasn't that instance and um, and then it kind of sticks with you a little bit better, I think. A lot of the things that they say or even the little shows they watch on TV, I, I notice my kids, will they'll get annoyed with it. And I'm like, but you know what? One day you're going to miss that. <laughs> yeah, and, really. I mean, I can't tell you how much Barney annoyed me, but that was something my kids watched, especially my <laughs> daughter, you know, and. and you know, I don't know what shows. I know one of them is Puppy Dog Pals that my grandson watches and something else. And, you know, my daughter's like, oh, my God, I can't stand that. Yeah, I get that. But remember, number one, it's not meant for you. Right. It's meant for the kids. And number two, 
you you're going to see everything change and they they get into something else and you're going to miss those days right yeah the kind of the carefreeness of it all and the mm -hmm. i've got a little uh this is a this is almost like a uh this is a little aside but it's also a story that i've never told i don't even think my son even knows this but uh growing up there was a show called gumball that was on uh i think nickelodeon i don't know if anybody remembers that but it was a weird weird show where this uh, enough, had a cat in it and uh a talking cat as well as some other people in a rainbow and that talked and all kinds of weird stuff it was kind of more like a uh, a preteen kind of show but or you know just a little younger than that but he liked to watch gumball and it's not that i really minded him watching gumball it was a little bit annoying um but I used to always make a, a big deal of, oh, you're watching Gumball again. I hate that show, right? And mm -hmm. but I did I didn't really. And so I kind of was just it was just part of the pro part of a process to um to get him, you know, I was kind of kind of you know winding him up a little bit by doing that. I really didn't mind that much about the show, but to this day, he still th thinks that I hate gumball. Like tremendously, I can't stand gumball. And every once in a while, he'll throw something like show a clip or send a clip or whatever of this gumball show just to like he's a, to to annoy me. But the reality was when he was little, it wasn't that bad. I was just kind of winding him up. I was like, oh, that gumball because uh, now you, this is gets into our uh, probably you remember this as well. But my dad, when he would get home from work, I'd be watching Gilligan's Island, and he hated Gilligan's Island, and oh, yeah. uh. And so he would, oh, how can you watch that stupid show? And I always thought it was kind of funny. I don't know that he necessarily thought it was funny, but I always thought it was funny that he would go on and on about Gilligan's Island. And so, you know, it got to the point where it was almost like this little thing that would happen, this little interaction that would happen. And so I was trying to kind of replicate that uh, with my son with Gumball. But I to be to this, I don't know. My dad's passed away, but uh I don't know if he was really mad about it or not, but uh, he certainly seemed like it. And I thought, well, this would be kind of fun to to do with my son. I got to pick something. And this was the show that I picked. Um, but I really wasn't that. Uh, uh, I really didn't care that much, but uh, it just seemed like one that he was always watching. And I thought, well, I'll use this one to be my, you know, kind of my my show to wind him up a little bit every time he's watching it. I think the one show that really annoyed my parents that I watched and it was, I think, a daily thing was Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> That's my funny. mom hated that show. She thought it was vulgar. And I thought it was funny. Back. Right. John Sebastian. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. Why got what? Because of the up your nose with a rubber hose. Yeah, she just thought, for some reason thought that was vulgar. And, uh, you know, another thing she hated was that I liked Kiss. I, oh, really? Like, one of my favorite bands is Kiss. All right. And, and I used to sneak around the little store behind us and I would buy the bubblegum cards. Oh, now, okay. If, wow. If you remember the bubblegum cards, I you do. had a, a picture of them like on stage or whatever. And then on the back was a piece of a, a puzzle. And so I got all of them to where I could make the puzzle. Oh, and my I, gosh. You had a lot of kiss oh yeah. cards. Oh, yeah. They were like 25 <laughs> cents or something like that back then. Yeah. 
but I, I thought I'd hit him away and she found him and my mother threw him away. I oh mean, I my was, gosh. Oh, I was heartbroken. And now that same set is worth, I think $60 or, or more. Yeah. It's, I think I'm probably might've spent five to $10 getting the whole set. And it, now it's worth six times that much, you know? Yeah. And she thought, well, she thought they were the devil for one, you know. Okay, she she bought into the Knights and Satan service uh, kiss acronym, I guess. Yeah, you know, she, yeah. Uh, Bobby Boucher's mama, you know, that's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but funny. it didn't deter me. I still, I mean, I was diehard kiss, and now my office, um, it's wall to wall kiss. See, and she, I she did kind find of fed it a again. little bit. She yeah, she it. did. Yeah. You got to be careful on that. You, you, if you get a little bit too much, you feed the, uh, you feed that. But n- not that it's bad. I think Kiss is great myself, and I remember those cards. I wish I had some myself. But, um, yeah, that's funny that how that works though. Uh, it, I, I think a generation ago or more, you know, our parents and so forth, it was uh, they were a little more. Uh, you know, if they didn't like something, they were a little more vocal about it. And uh, now you got to kind of hedge yourself a little bit or else they, everybody digs in, you know, and then then you got it's worse than you thought. <laughs> you know, I wasn't into it, but you remember Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's gotten oh, yeah. to be popular again. I don't know if you remember they made a uh, after school special. It was a movie oh, about some kid. Tom that Hanks. Was Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they I'm actually still in thought, the maze. Yeah, they actually yeah. thought playing this game would warp your mind where you actually right. thought you were in it and you were gonna go kill somebody or something. <laughs> right, exactly. You're gonna take your sword and and go out and uh, stab someone or whatnot. Yeah, poor poor Tom Hanks uh, is is strapped with that now. I've seen that pop up uh recently too. So really yeah, no, that little piece that they have an image of him and talk about uh, that. That was like one of his first, uh, you know, bigger uh, movies, you know, bigger situation. It was TV movie, but that was one of his bigger roles early on in his career. So it comes up every now and again anyway. But yeah, I'm stuck in the maze. <laughs> he says something like that. You know, the the whole censorship thing when we were kids it backfired so bad oh yeah well let's take for instance i think uh i might have been in high school or just graduated when tipper gore decided that they needed (laughs) to put labels on records right parental advisory exactly and so when i went to go buy an album i looked for the sticker because i knew that was the one i really wanted yeah (laughs) <laughs> Judas Judas Priest probably sold more albums because of that sticker than anything else uh, during their their heyday there because I think they were one of the first ones to get it um, uh, because they had an album I think came out right about the time that all that was happening. I, I, I vaguely remember, I can't remember the name of the album, but you know the album artwork has the guy holding the razor blade and the razor mm-hmm. blade says Judas Priest and then it's the name of the British album. British Steel. British Steel, there you go. I think that one came out very, very similar to that. And I can just, I remember that image with the sticker up in the corner, parental advisory. 
Yeah, they they thought Twisted Sister was gonna cause <laughs> us to go uh, crazy or something, right? <laughs> or uh, I think uh, Warrant was one of them they were targeting. Oh sure, and I don't remember who else, but or I know Ozzy. Ozzy was one of them. Oh yeah, Ozzy. He's been in the middle of all that stuff. And AC or Ozzy. There's <laughs> my can't... Ozzy impersonation. You can't understand him unless he's singing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Although I love all the shows him and his son do on television. I don't know why. I I think I've watched every one of them. They go places and whatnot. Uh, Now they're even talking about uh, Bigfoot and UFOs and stuff on the I Want to Believe or whatever. It's something oddly entertaining about Ozzy, no matter what he's doing. It's wow. uh, an interesting thing. Um, on that, uh, I just remembered, you know, because I uh, those all came out and so forth. But there was a a movie. I think it was called the uh, Decline of Western Civilization or something like that. It was a heavy metal movie um, way back in the mm-hmm. uh, late '80s. And yeah. um, on there is a scene where Ozzy's making eggs, and I I still clearly remember. Yeah. yeah. I, I still clearly that. remember that because it was so fascinating. He was doing his thing, and they were talking, and he was being interviewed, and he was making breakfast for his kids or something, and talking about you know his history or what have you. And I think actually that was what kind of uh, that scene or that part in the you know that bit in the movie kind of set him on a trajectory to do all these shows because he was so entertaining just being himself. He was such a character, you know, beyond all of the, um, you know, kind of, uh, uh, but beyond all the kind of nature of of being in a concert and and so forth, where there's a lot of layers of of pyrotechnics and whatever. Just him making breakfast was mesmerizing. It was weird. (laughs) Yeah. And you remember the three guys that went before Congress? Um, to, yeah, to advocate against the 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 whole censorship. Frank Zappa, Frank yeah. Zappa, D. Snyder, and John mm. Denver. Three. Oh, I don't remember Denver. I don't remember Denver at all. Yes, John Denver was there too. Can you believe it? I remember D. Snyder and Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa was for me was the, uh, the kind of the front runner. If you talk about that subject, I always think of Frank Zappa. Um, you know, because we listen to, you know, Joe's Garage and yep. Shake Your Booty and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and I just remember him during that time period. But uh, uh, John Denver, totally forgot. Yep. Uh, you would not think those three would line up together, but yeah, they did. <laughs> and D. Man. Snyder was really kind of the... Uh, a little bit of the odd man out in that group because uh, I think Denver and Zappa, Zappa was obviously very undergroundish, mm-hmm. uh, and his fan uh, Denver was very popular at that during just ahead of that time in the in the yeah. late seventies, and D. Snyder was popular with I think heavy metal and so forth, but I don't think he quite had the uh, you know notoriety or cachet of the other two uh, as far as people knowing who they were on site because he wore all the makeup and was part of the of the group so yeah well yeah. i mean he they started i believe in the 
about the mid to late seventies, and it took them to what eighty four before they yeah. finally got popular. Yeah, I had JJ French on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, fantastic. I'm gonna tell you what, D. Snyder and JJ French, very intelligent guys. You yeah. wouldn't expect it, but very intelligent. Well, I always, uh, I think everybody always gets. Uh, uh, whenever you like look at the metal bands and so forth. I mean, a lot of those people are very uh, talented musicians beyond uh, heavy metal. It's not just, you know, three chords kind of people, you know, mm -hmm. they've got a lot of uh, training in other, in other uh, uh, types of music and so forth. It just, it just so happened that, that at that point in time, that's what was, you know, everybody was going in that direction and it was, interesting and people like to do it and it caught their you know imagination so mm -hmm. um, but yeah it's it's wild whenever you can get past some of the uh uh you know uh, propaganda of the media mm -hmm. putting everybody into the uh you know uh bad boy or bad girl image uh, areas and find out that you know they're really quite uh, accomplished um uh musicians beyond you know what they have you know what they do on the uh, on their tours and so forth uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of fascinating uh, zappa was a very experimental musician and did a lot of experimental music yeah. um but people don't know him for that that i don't nowadays i don't even know what they know him for probably valley girl i don't know <laughs> yeah the 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 later generation that's probably all they remember but that was what, so popular. Yeah. yeah, I think he's one of the greatest musicians there ever was. To take two different genres and and mash them together and make mm -hmm. the music that he did. I mean, it was beyond the goofy lyrics. Right, it, right. I love I the mean, goofy lyrics. But... <laughs> oh, I do too. I mean, you know, going to Montana to raise uh, my lonely dental floss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He a long time ago before he was part of the Mothers of Invention, he was on a on Steve Allen's show, which Steve Allen is no one remembers Steve Allen, but he used to be he was the first guy to do the Tonight Show, uh, just for reference. And I don't think it was on the Tonight Show, it was on another show that Steve Allen did. Frank Zappa was on and he played the bicycle. And so he basically had a bicycle that he had uh, set up and uh he had tuned some of the spokes. And and so forth, and, and basically uh, played uh, a tune on the bicycle, and it was really quite fast. You can probably find it on YouTube somewhere. Frank Zappa plays the bicycle, but uh, it stuck with me over the years. I saw it, and I didn't see it when it happened. I saw this, you know, well after that. It probably in some documentary on him or whatever. But it's fascinating, and and Steve Allen being a very, um, you know, kind of forties fifties persona. Uh, you know, he was into it. He thought it was interesting, so it was kind of a, a wild thing. He didn't have long hair or any and anything at that point. Zappa looked very clean cut because uh, he was yeah. younger, very young. I I love Frank Zappa, and whenever there's a documentary on, I've got to watch it. And there was one that I was watching not too long ago, and one of the the guest speakers or whatever on there he had written a biography on the mothers of invention 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I was like, man, that'd be a great guest for my show. So I Googled his name, found him. He's in, I think, North Carolina and found out that he is a PR guy. And oh, he yeah. Gets, he gets a lot of musicians that are, you know, the, the progressive rock kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the Frank Zappa's, the Captain Beefheart and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the guy, he's got a list of people that he has clients he wouldn't believe. I mean, like Rick Waitman wow. and John Anderson. And I mean, I can go on and on. So I, I wrote him an email and see if I could get him to come on the show. And he messages me back and he says, look, I don't have the equipment for it right now. He says, I'm going to. But in the meantime, I have some clients that I'm trying to promote their music. Would you mind interviewing them? So I'm thinking, okay, no problem. You know, probably some guy trying to to make it in the business, right? Right. So he sends me this list of names. On it is... uh, Vinny Apice, um Kevin Godley, and I don't know if you remember Kevin Godley from uh, 10CC. Oh, okay. He's the the original drummer, and I mean, just I, I was blown away by this, and so I'm really on board. And there's a few that he sends that I don't know who they are, mm-hmm. or they've you know joined some of my favorite bands, but later on after people have exited the band but i got to meet jeff cotton who was the original guitar player for captain beefheart and ended up we're we're buddies and and uh text message each other all the time and of you know different people like that but here it is man it was it's blown my mind that watching this documentary taking the time to find this guy and then having a relationship where he's sending me all these cool musicians. I've got a uh, jazz guitarist coming on tomorrow. Wow. So fantastic. Yeah. You never know what, what the dots you're going to connect whenever you kind of reach out and, and do these things. It's amazing mm-hmm. how uh, uh, strange that uh, the world works sometimes. Well, you, you have to take the initiative. That's the thing. People expect, I guess, the these guests to just fall in their lap. You right. have to do some legwork, man. <laughs> right. Well, and you never know where they're going to come from. So that's the that's the thing. You never know. Uh, sometimes the most popular uh, people are not necessarily the most interesting. <laughs> that's that's something that I've discovered too. There's been people that I th- I think there's no way anybody's going to listen to this and mm-hmm. end up being one of my best guests. And then mm-hmm. I get someone who, I mean, their names are very familiar, get on and it it's like pulling teeth trying to get them to just talk, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Well, yes. because, yeah, that's not a, um, it, some people just don't have that skill. I mean, right. conversation is a skill. I, I uh, there's a person that uh, I've worked with, and uh, um, he's he's actually a doctor, uh, and uh, he's like, uh, we have con- his house. He has a bunch of kids. He said, in his house, we have conversation time, and he teaches kids kids the art of conversation. 
and they talk to each other. And I thought it was, I was at the dinner with him and I thought it was so fascinating because he's like, yeah, I, I like to teach my kids the art of conversation. And I thought when I was younger at the time and I'm like, what, what are you talking about? It's <laughs> so, so strange, but it's true. It, it, it is a skill that you have to pick up on. It's not something that you're going to be, uh, unless you are, you know, people, some people have, you know, the gift of gab or whatever, but the art of uh, picking up on conversation is something that actually can be um, developed. So mm -hmm. you, but you have to do it. And so he uh, takes the time uh, for all his kids and he had like 10 kids. It's a crazy amount of children. This guy. Has. Wow. So, yeah. And, must have been uh, bored. Yeah, so, <laughs> I was trying not to be too. Yeah. Uh, when I was sitting with him, I'm like, he says that. And I'm like, oh, really? How interesting. But are uh, you from he, Utah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he would uh, he would take time uh, every week uh, and more than once a week sometimes and sit down with the kids and they would just talk. So no no TV or anything. This was pre um, you know, the cell phones were around, but not like they are now where, uh, you know, the, the smartphone is, has killed the people's ability to, to be near each other without fiddling around with a darn thing. Oh, um, yeah. but, uh, old cell phones, you know, where you play snake or something, and that really wasn't quite that, uh, interesting. So, <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> but I thought that was interesting when I was uh, younger. And I, I think that uh, there is something to it and it's something that that's not um, talked about too much. I mean, people don't talk about it all that much. I mean, um, you know, they do it in different ways. He was obviously kind of a scholarly fellow. And so he kind of took an initiative that was more direct. Uh, other people like uh, Miles, my friend Miles, his family always plays cards. And so that's, the point of conversation is you play cards and all these different card games that they play. And then that's where, um, you know, that ensues because you're playing the game, but you're, it's not such a focused game that you can't do something else. And so you're all sitting right. there playing cards. And then as, as part of playing cards, then you uh, um, talk about whatever's happening. And um, I think, um that that's a little bit lost in society now um, with cell phones. And oddly enough, this, what we're doing right now is, is a bit of taking its place um, because you and I, we literally just met, had a couple emails and just met minutes before we started talking. Mm -hmm. um, yet uh, we're finding out that uh, we're both very similar in age. We both have similar experiences uh, I, I'm incredibly envious of you and your kiss card collection uh, at this point. <laughs> uh, I was a, a grew up kind of a, a poor kid. And so I couldn't get the kiss cards. And so now I, it just makes me even more envious that you were able to go <laughs> pick those things up on a regular basis. And uh, I'm like, man, if I only had a kiss card collection now, you know, I'll be hitting up eBay or something after this to, to uh, get my kiss card collection. And my wife will be like, what's the $60 charge for all these kiss cards? <laughs> well, I, I was kind of devious about the, the way I went and bought them. My, I think it was my grandparents had saved up a bunch of quarters and uh, had, I guess there was about $20 worth of quarters. And my mom had put them away for me to, I think, put in my, my savings account or something at the bank. And I knew where they were hidden, and I went uh, and uh, 
I just started taking quarters out of it. And I, I, I look back and think, I wonder if the guy behind the counter said something to my parents because I would grab a quarter or two, run, go buy the cards, come home, open them up and look at them and then go grab a couple of more quarters and run back to the store. I probably did that 15, 20 times that day. <laughs> you know, where is this kid getting all these quarters? You know? <laughs> yeah, I I stole from my brother because he start he's older than I am and he started working and he had a change uh I don't even know what it was. It was some kind of jug, a change jug, you know, uh back in the maybe people do this now. I don't know. I don't keep a lot of change myself, but you know, he would he he would work and he had money and so he was doing stuff and he had this change jug. And so I'd go into his room when he wasn't working or whatever and I'd get change out of his jug to go buy candy and whatnot. So I didn't think about the kiss cards at that point, but th- this is very now and he was my brother's very uh uh large guy, um and uh t- you know, he's a towering person and so I was very intimidated by him all my life because he beat me up a lot, but uh Every once in a while, when I was really at you know my my wits end to have some candy, I'd steal from him. So if he listens to this, he's probably going to be writing me, <laughs> calling me up and saying, he's "You gonna beat with you up interest." Again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but for me, the older that I'm getting, the more sentimental I seem to be. Oh sure, yeah. I will go to a flea market or one of these, you know, uh, junk shops, whatever you want to call them, thrift shops. And I'll, I'll look for stuff that from my past that I either had and I've lost it or something I really, really wanted as a kid and never got. I went to a store and I'm going to show you this real quick. Hold on. Sure. All right, I didn't have this as a kid, and I wanted it so badly, and now I'm the proud owner of the $6 million man (laughs) space rocket. Space rocket, yeah. And you open it up, and it's a a, a surgery table. Oh, really? It opens up? I didn't remember that, the surgery table part. I remember the space rocket. I recognized the image there. Yeah. So, So have you done anything like that? Well, the, uh, uh, the, I don't want to bring it down or anything at this point, but so uh, I had a house fire a couple of years ago and my house burnt down. So, um, and we lost everything. Right. So uh, it, it's been kind of, it's been kind of, it was, my daughter was off of college, so she didn't lose as as much as the rest of the family, but uh, the rest of us, my son and, and wife and I, we lost everything. So um, what, yeah, I know it, it's, it, we're over it now. We're good. But, uh, but at the time, you know, I had, and this is akin to your kiss cards. I had uh, saved from my childhood, Star Wars cards. So I had mm-hmm. original tops or whatever it was, Star Wars cards and stickers um, from back in the seventies that I had, and I didn't get a lot of them, so I couldn't make the whole picture or anything, but I had just a, a probably, I don't even think it was even a dozen that I had saved and those were gone. Right. So, um, uh, because everything got lost, but the weird thing is, uh, I, I certainly am nostalgic and love to talk about it, but that experience 
has kind of ruined anything for me in the in the uh in the uh kind of collectibles department because um because of that i'm like i don't know if i want to accumulate things again just to have them all be gone because it literally was um you know within a matter of hour you know so uh but it, it, i don't want to be too sad a story there but it was you know quite a shock to the system and so i kind of i've kind of lost a little bit uh, i lost all of that kind of want i like to look at it like seeing you with that right now uh with the steve i remember it my my neighbor had that uh action figure and we would you know, I would go over and, and look through the eye and we do the, you know, do a whole thing, you know, and I, and all those memories, I love all those memories and so forth, but I've kind of lost the taste um, for um, the memorabilia aspect of it because of, uh, of the situation. And the weird thing is my son, who's, who's very, uh, he's just in college now. Um, he lost it as well. He used to have, um, uh nintendo uh, collection so i had oh, a nintendo wow. um the original nintendo you know with the the light gun and everything but i had as a kid i still had it and i gave it to him he played it and then he had um the wii and then and so the switch and so forth we lost all that and he had a collection of nintendo things was kind of his thing which is funny because he talked like mario because there's no connection there other than yeah <laughs> get to the eye now um but uh he had the gamecube and all this other stuff that was even before his time that we kind of collected together over going to different garage sales and different places uh you know resale shops and whatever but yeah he kind of lost that uh urge as well it's a weird um i would have never thought it because uh like i mentioned i didn't uh, grow up with a lot of uh, uh, expendable uh, income. And uh, so I always wanted a lot of different things, but that experience kind of wiped that out. Um, and I think it's just because, you know, at any, uh, at any moment, because literally we went to dinner and we came home and the house was burning down and uh, oh, um, we drove up on it and um, you know, it was all happening. And uh um so yeah it was a weird uh, experience and so now i don't know if i have in my back of my head where i i dread that happening again and so i don't want to accumulate or what the deal is but i, I kind of got that uh but i do love to, to talk about the stories and remember all the different stuff um that's out there and look at it i'll look online and i even um you know uh follow certain things that um uh show all that stuff you know like old 70s catalog 80s catalog um pages with the toys and everything i still love to look at all of it but i don't have that desire to necessarily have it um uh myself um uh, per se so yeah it's weird it's a, it's a weird happenstance but I, you, if you would have if you would ask me this five years ago i'd be like yeah heck yeah i want to have that but uh <laughs> Oh man, um, part of me it's because I I miss my childhood, and part of it is I I want to have something to pass on to my kids and my grandkids. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the the Star Wars stuff. I was just old enough to go out and mow yards when Star Wars came out. Yeah, 
And so I would go and mow the neighbor's yard so I'd get enough money to go buy an action figure. Mm -hmm. And I had so many of those Star Wars toys. And like for Christmas, my mom got me the the Darth Vader carrying case. Oh, I, wow. filled, I filled that thing. I could have filled that thing up probably two or three times with all that stuff that I saved up for. And then sometimes I would save up to get a spaceship or what mm -hmm. have you. And I accumulated so many Star Wars things and I left it at the house. And when I moved away, my mom got rid of all of it. And I think I could have retired with as much stuff that I had. You know? Yeah. Well, but you know, that's moms. They got to make room for whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever thing that was happening after you left. I had uh, a story. So I used to work at McDonald's uh, in, uh, you know, when I was really young mm -hmm. and, and um, uh, I had all the um, happy meal toys. So uh, at the time, the big thing was the stompers, uh, which was four by four trucks. Oh yeah. Had, I remember those. It had, had all the stompers. Well, cause basically I was stealing them to be honest with you. I mean, we would just take them because uh, you work there and they're available and I don't think anybody really cared necessarily because you did get um um you know food allowance while you worked there at that point in time I don't know if they do that anymore but you basically if you worked a certain amount of hours you got free food and you just say I'm going to get a happy meal or whatever and I'll have a stomper and so um but I had all the stompers and all the uh, Muppet uh things at that time when I was working there and and yeah all those got uh, thrown away by my mother, as well as uh, one of the things that I got um, was they changed over the menu board and I took home all the menu boards for whatever reason at the time. I thought it was cool. <laughs> and so I had uh, was like three pieces to the menu board at that time. And it was all plastic, you know, and you had to rotate the numbers for the prices and all that good kind of stuff. It was like these little films where the where the names of the products, you know, hamburger, what have you. And yeah, I had that in the garage for a long time and my mom chucked all that. And I got, it was worth, I happened to be later in my life, I was at um, uh, a, com a conference that was totally separate from this, but at the conference they had uh, a McDonald's collectors were at the hotel. And so I walked through the uh, vendor area of the McDonald's uh, collectors uh, conference that was part of this big, you know, hotel thing. And uh, that menu board was worth like a couple hundred dollars. And this would be back like in the early nineties um, because they just don't, you know, they just use TVs now, you know, but um, yeah. Um, but yeah. And I'm like, Oh, just like you. Oh my gosh. You know? And then the stompers were like four bucks a piece. Gee, it was man. crazy at that point. I mean, this would be, like I said, the, in the early mid nineties, I guess somewhere in that uh, neighborhood. But yeah, I'm like, Oh, I used to have that. I used to have that. And I used to have all of these toys on my dashboard in my car. When I worked there, uh, all these McDonald's toys would just like slosh around as I drove for some reason. I don't know why I said that, but I thought it was funny. And, um, uh, people would get in the car and play with them. And, and then, uh, you know, some people would take some and leave some. And so, yeah, my car was just full of, of, uh, fast food toys for a couple of years while I was doing that for work. So. Jeez. Well, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was a hustler. I would go and mow yards. I would, you know, paint 
houses. I mean, it, whatever I could do to make money, I was going to do it. And uh, hey, you know, besides more, prostituting, <laughs> you're much more, much more of a hustler than me. I'm so lazy. I was like, oh, I can. I just wanted, you know, can you just give me the money? Can I just take the money from you? Oh, no, I, I didn't work until I got a little older. So, oh man, uh, I, what was it? Summertime, I would make about pretty close to at least two to $2,400 uh, a summer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I blew the, it all on junk. <laughs> Well, that, hey, but that's I think that's the good part because you know the 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 problem would be you know if you got older and you when you do, you don't have too much money when you're younger and you and you have some money and you get to do that then you kind of get it out of your system a little bit and can be a little more responsible when you get older on some of that. I don't know if where you grew up. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest and we had to tassel corn in the summertime. So like. Uh, you would get hired on by these, uh, uh, you know, big uh, uh, seed companies at the time. I, I don't know that they do this so much anymore, but they would have busloads of kids and you'd go out and you'd pull uh, tassels out of corn in, in a coordinated manner. Um, and that would make hybrid corn, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, and that's was uh, that was my summer job was to to go and, and the tassel corn, they you know have to be up at five o'clock in the morning, and catch the the bus, and then the field's all wet, and you're walking through there, and you're soaking wet, and then you'd be done, um, you know, shortly after lunch by about one o'clock or so, they'd take you back home. But uh, that was always my uh, uh, it was a little more organized, but then also it was a little more chaos because you're it's like school, you basically fill up a bus full of these idiot kids and take them out to the to the of all these farms all around the area and you'd you'd walk through and pull these tassels out um but uh that was uh i i think i would have rather if i if i had my druthers nowadays i would have rather done what you did which was kind of be a more of an independent contractor <laughs> because uh they were um uh the tasseling corn was not very fun uh <laughs> as, a, as a whole and then you know half the time just like as you get into your adult work, you know, half the kids didn't do shit and oh, sorry, half the cars didn't do anything. And then, and then, uh, um, you were the one that were picking up slack on, on all these other kids. So, um, yeah, yeah if you can, if, if you can do something when you're younger that you can kind of control, I mean, it's all the better. Well, when I got a little bit older, I'd say probably about 14 I, my dad had an air conditioning business and so i would go work for him during the summertime i'd make 200 bucks a week but i wow. i was i was up in those hot attics and you know i was <laughs> putting in duct work or helping them take those units in and out of the out of the attic and you know the, this was some really uh ass busting work yeah but to put it mildly and man those were the best because i mean what teenager wouldn't be excited about having 200 bucks a week you know yeah exactly and i then i started collecting records so i was down there buying records all the time or i'd save up my paycheck and i'd 
got a stereo. I'm, you know, whatever I could do, I was out there. I was hustling. I ended up working for uh, my, um, it was an air conditioning and plumbing business that my dad used to work for. And I, I made 200 bucks a week working there. So, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of stuff, but I also worked my butt off to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, it probably was kind of, I mean, I kind of, uh, I helped my dad out uh, when I was young too. And I, thought, I always thought that was the most fun. Uh, uh, now, he wasn't always the kindest uh, if things didn't go well, but, you know, it was kind of fun to to run around with my dad and, and help him out with uh, some stuff. I usually only went on Saturdays, but uh, uh, we would run around on Saturdays. And then my reward was I got lunch, uh, usually at some dive bar uh, that he had to stop by and uh that th but i remember these things because he would be like okay you're gonna go order us food i was probably i don't know 11 years old or something and um he'd be like go in there you're gonna order us food i'm gonna take care of the client you know and uh and i was in this bar that was a stand-up only bar so there's no chairs so mm -hmm. it's a rail bar so it's basically this little skinny uh place on a street somewhere uh, back in the eighties. And all you could do is stand at the bar and you could put your foot up. That was it. And, uh, but they made lunch. And so all these guys are coming for lunch and uh, you know, some guys were there all day, but, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a great experience. And the, you know, the lady who worked there was real nice and she, you know, what do you, what are you guys having today? And I'd order lunch for us. And then, and we have our lunch there at this bar. Um, it, but, you know, it's, it's, it's so far afield from, you know, McDonald's or any of that kind of thing today. I don't know that there's that, there is still stuff like that out there, but I don't think that, uh, that generally kids don't have that experience much anymore these days. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are anymore, but uh, here I am, eleven year old, standing at the bar getting my uh, my lunch. <laughs> oh, it's just fun. For me, it was getting to go to Dairy Queen after I got paid <laughs> on Friday. I don't know why that was such a big deal, but it was. Dairy Queen um, used to be a bigger deal back then, I think. Yeah. Now on your show, I mean, you do you talk about pop culture stuff that goes on in your life, but you get into the paranormal as well. Oh yeah. Cause we, you know, I've, uh, had, uh, uh, some weird experiences over time and I love to talk about it and I love the idea of it. And I also really enjoy, uh, the pop culture of the paranormal, I guess we could call it that because there's all these shows and some of them are better than others. And I uh, like mm -hmm. some of them better than others, but this whole concept behind them, I think is really interesting. And, and the funny thing is I, I kind of sit in the middle between the, the the believer and the skeptic, and I could fall to either side very easily, depending on the circumstance uh, of things that happen uh, in the show, you know, because like, OK, you know, I, I'll st I still watch him to this day and I'll, I'll with my family and I'm like, OK, we can't you can see the door move, but you can't see behind the door and you can't see if there's somebody back there. So somebody's moving the door. Right. Right. So skeptic. Right. And then you see something. I'm trying to think of something that's really good. Like if you see an apparition and you're like, okay, so there's an apparition and you see it. And it's like, well, that is really interesting because obviously they could fake this, but they're telling us that they're not faking it. 
but it looks really good and really interesting. Um, and so then I kind of buy into it a little bit. But uh, I have had an experience, uh, more than one experience over time with weird things happening. Um, but probably the uh, the most challenging and uh, weirdest one was uh, after our uh, we had uh, after the house burnt down, we had to move into a, a rental uh, for about a year in order to get through everything. Right. And get a place to stay and then rebuild the place that we lived in. And um, the first uh, night we were in the rental, I saw a shadow person. Right. Oh, wow. I don't know if you listen to this, but I'll tell you real quick here. Um, so I'm asleep. We just get there. We have nothing, right? The place is empty. My wife um, had arranged basically for Amazon to deliver uh, uh, mattresses and frames on the day that we moved into the um, rental so that we didn't have to, you know, they shipped. So they just drop shipped them there. And I put them all together. And that, you know, we're exhausted because uh, of everything that's gone on. And I go to bed. And I wake up in the middle of the night and I think in my, at the time, I think in my head, there's somebody outside the window mm -hmm. uh, and it's a shadow, right? Of this person that seems to be facing the window and where we were living at was a very nice uh, place, but the neighbor guy was kind of kooky and I'd already met him. On first day we're there, this guy comes over, introduces himself and he's kind of like a used car salesman, you know? And hey, how you doing? Blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, fine, but you know, I'm trying to get situated here. Right. <laughs> you know, we we've been through a lot, and you know, I don't want to buy a car from you. I don't know what you're trying to sell me at this point, but you know, it was a little bit. Uh, he was a little bit uh, ham-fisted in his approach to the neighbor. So I thought, is this guy looking in the window? You know, because they had blinds, so you could just you know. Right. So I, I I didn't think much of it. We're exhausted. I fall back asleep. And then the next day, you know, I, I tell my wife, I said, I think there was a, somebody outside the window last night. She's oh all mad God. at me because I didn't wake her up. <laughs> Why did you wake me up? There's somebody outside the window. I'm like, well, they didn't seem to be doing anything. <laughs> and I was really tired. And so she was all mad at me. So uh, the next night, my son comes to me and he says, Dad, uh, somebody tried to get somebody, a shadow came into my room last night and tried to grab my leg. What? Yeah. So, um, he was in a, another room, uh, and he stayed up. He was, uh, you know, staying up and we got him a video game, uh, just to give him something to do, uh, switch. Um, and because there's nothing, literally there's nothing else in the house. So we didn't have a couch or anything and uh, TV or whatnot. So we had gotten him a switch that uh, uh, delivered as well so that he would have something to do. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, I was I was laying in my room, right? He has bed, playing his game. And um, this thing kind of just moved into the room and then it kind of came at me and it, it acted like it was like grab my leg and I basically ran through it and went out into the other room and he, he spent the rest of the night, I think out in the uh, uh, living room, basically with no furniture or anything. Uh, Cause he didn't want to, he didn't want to bother us. I don't know why, but I'm like, well, just come bother me. So <laughs> I'd have been screaming, Hey, somebody <laughs> get in here. 
So yeah, and uh, well, everything had happened, and so everybody's all discombobulated, and, and um, so yeah, so he tells me this. I'm like, and so now I have to make a decision, right? This is one of those fatherly decisions. So we're we're stuck here, right, for at least six months or more, right? Right. Because of our situation, there's no there's no place else to go. Uh, you know, we're lucky we're here. It's one of those kind of things. We had lived in a hotel for about uh, uh, two, two, three weeks or whatever to get to this point, right? right. And um, and so I'm like, oh, I'm sure that was nothing. You're just tired. And in the back of my mind, it's I'm screaming, oh my gosh, this thing that I saw the other night just wandered around this house. And so, Man. yeah, so, um, so we hadn't stay there so i had to kind of keep it up and uh, because i didn't want him to be freaking out because we've already had all, all this other stuff happen so uh we didn't he had a couple of other encounters i did not after that point um where he saw the thing walking through the kitchen uh you know like a person but a shadow no mm -hmm. no person and uh like out like the, the it was set up to where the kitchen would go to like a laundry room and then the laundry room would go to the garage, you know? So it was kind of in that area. And he told me about it and I'm like, oh, I'm sure you're just, it's okay. You know, and but tell me if anything else happens, but I'm sure there's nothing to it. You just, you know, we've been through a lot. And, um, but then um, uh, we've been there for a while and, and we got uh, a dog cause we had animals uh, prior that all uh, passed away. Mm. And uh, the, we had, you know, play with the dog. So the basement was completely unfinished and empty. And um, so we would go downstairs and throw a tennis ball around for the dog to chase. And the dog would not go in one corner of the basement uh, ever. Not to get the ball, it just avoided, but it would run everywhere. But if you threw the, if the ball ended up in that corner of the basement, it wouldn't even try to get it. After chasing this ball all over the place, it would not go into that spot and there was nothing there. I mean, it was literally just a, a concrete basement. Um, no, like, you know, it wasn't like the heater was the furnace was over there or the water heater or anything like that. Nothing in this corner, but this dog would not go in that corner. And so we just assumed that the, that whatever it was lived in that corner at that point, we just avoided possible. It. Very possible. But anyway, that's the we one of the weirder uh, encounters, and uh, and it was with a basically a shadow. It was weird, um, and I've never been able to. Uh, not, nobody else saw it besides my son and I, and um, uh, my wife would you hear things in the basement like bumps and things, um, but it wasn't like um, you know no talking or anything like that. But you'd hear like something moving around in the basement and there's nothing down there. I mean, we put some boxes down there, but that was it. And uh, otherwise it was completely empty. And yeah. So we would, you know, my wife would be like, what's that noise? What's that noise? And I'm like, I don't know. And then my son and I would be like, mm. but I didn't, you know, not um, uh, let on. And so when we finally moved out, then I finally told him, yeah, I saw it too. Cause I didn't want him to think that he didn't. <laughs> He didn't. Uh, you trying to play it down kind of all that time. I played it down while we were there because I'm like, we have to make it through this um, this phase, you know, which is going to last for several months um, without 
you know, getting everybody, I wanted to be able to sleep uh, and, and so forth. Cause otherwise I'm sure we'd stay awake all night if that was the case, you know? So yeah, it is weird, but I talk about that. Uh, Miles has had some weird happenstances and so forth, but um, you know, as a whole, uh, um, uh, the shows and so forth that they'll have, it's one of those kind of things where you have to experience it. I think it's a, a weird yeah. um, situation where if you don't, fall you know into that situation you're you can't quite comprehend uh, uh everything so it's it's just a weird uh, situation but yeah overall i think a lot of the shows are kind of faking it and and so forth but you know yeah there there is um i'm you know i'm a paranormal investigator myself and i got into uh well, when I started doing that, it just there was something else that I just felt like I needed to do, and that's why I started doing a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. And I've got to meet so many of those guys that are on on the shows, and mm-hmm. we've talked about that, you know. And most of them that I talked to, they said that they would walk away if uh, if they were going to start faking evidence because mm-hmm. it takes away from what we're trying to do. I would hope so. I want to believe them, but sometimes it's hard whenever you're looking at it, you're like, okay, well, we need that other angle, you know, we need to know what's behind the door. Well, I mean, when you do paranormal investigations, most of the time you're sitting in the dark talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. For some of these shows that they go out and every place they go to is just filled with all the right. this paranormal activity. <laughs> it's just not feasible. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're lucky if you get one or two things to happen in the same area that's haunted, but to have, you know, 30, 40 different things happening, it's, it's it just doesn't happen. So what? Uh, so what's your um, since you you're more into this than what is your uh, thought as to um, uh, kind of a why and how? So what is your your thought as to to how these things happen and and uh, and why they happen? Because obviously it's not um, like old faithful. It doesn't happen every half hour or whatever. You know what I mean? You can't predict it. It's totally unpredictable. And, well, and what's your not what's necessarily. Your not necessarily some some places it's it's almost as if the uh the the building or the structure wherever it's happening it's almost as if it's recorded what what happened mm-hmm. and it 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 it's a playback it happens at the same time every, you know every evening every day whenever this trauma happened you're going to get the the reenactment of it pretty much or you're seeing it as if it happened it you're you were there i Mm -hmm. think that and this is this is proven there's it's like a a frequency of the wood or the the stone brick whatever that captures that moment in time and it it will it's literally like you just recorded something with your camera and it's you're you're on the, the the like so for instance granite and quartz and also all those kind of uh things um 
can be memory storage, right? So right, on right, that, right. That that um that idea. My my thought is is that um and this is a little bit uh, uh I don't know different, but maybe maybe not. Anyway, is that so? Time. Uh, if you think about time, time is not um uh necessarily like a ribbon. So there's no necessarily beginning and end to time as we go through uh things. And so I always like to think that a lot of these things are uh, a th- basically a thinness in the difference of of uh, uh, kind of a temporal state. So we live in in this temporal state. We're talking, interacting. We can I can touch my computer monitor and my microphone and what have you, and they're all there and everything. So they're a different time period. So if you go back a hundred years or whatever. Well, actually, if, if you know, you think about your however old your house is. If you went back to the beginning of your house, that's another time. But they all exist at the they all exist at everything exists at once. But you experience it um, based on where you're at in time. And so, I think there's thinner points, uh, temporal points, where you can experience what other people's are experience in their time. So. The funny thing is, I've always wanted to. I've always wondered. So let's say if you were, this would be an experiment. I don't know if anybody's done this, but you go to the same place uh, and you're you're looking for these uh, for anomalies, right? And right. you all you go and like for a very long period of time. So if you, if there was a way you could do this on some kind of interval, would at some point in the future you see yourself or somebody else see you doing that? So that would be a, a way to prove that, but I think that is my uh, thought. For instance, the um, one of the great things I think I've seen was the um, at Gettysburg. So mm. Gettysburg, there's this there's this footage of basically uh, Civil War soldiers that are like somewhat transparent going across this field. Right. I don't know that it's faked or not, but I've seen it several times, and it's really compelling to see. So if you take it that no one's playing tricks on you. And that was real. I mean, that's kind of part of the basis of this is that so these guys are there at that time uh, during the the Battle of Gettysburg, and they're walking there, and you just happen to you happen to be there at the time when the the veil is at its thinnest, and you're seeing what's happening yeah. um, because um, that is um, to me that that in my mind that's that makes a lot of sense because of of just the nature of things now it could also just be because i've worked with photoshop and all these things where you have layers and you can always peel back the layer of things right um but uh but i think that time is layered and and sometimes you can see that uh and that's what these are and then also that kind of explains to me at least to where it's not um uh as regular as maybe uh, it could be, um, because those temporal uh, uh, points can change because it's fluid, right? Right, right. Um, and so then it would change as opposed to always be the same. Uh, and th- this could be anywhere. So um, uh, so that way, you know, one person has this experience, another person has that experience of the exact same place. Um, or even different places, and that would kind of explain some of that. But anyway, thanks getting into all that kind of stuff. But I, I just was curious since since you've been doing this more than me. Well, what your thoughts were too? What what you just said is 
kind of similar to what I my theory is of these uh, these other occurrences, not the ones that you are you know you see the same thing over and over again. Um, these random uh, spirits or whatever you're seeing. Uh, once again, you know it's it's proven that we live on a certain vibration or a certain frequency. Everything, all the molecules, atoms, everything is at a certain frequency. So if you were able to change, say, the frequency of my microphone, you would mm -hmm. see something totally different. Yeah. Um, with that, um, I believe that's why uh, there's different dimensions. And mm -hmm. these different dimensions are all going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if there is a sudden change in that frequency then you're seeing somebody from a different dimension, not necessarily a ghost. A ghost, yeah. Right. Now, I'm not saying that there's not ghosts out there. I do believe that there are, but I just think some of the experiences we have are we're seeing another dimension. But, yeah, man, that's, that's the hard part about all that is it, it, all right. there's, there's not like um, you work in a lot of uh, non-definitives, so yeah. you can't say... I, I, the other thing I, on the those shows that I always um, think is kind of funny is that they're always attributing it to some. They read something and then they attribute it to that person or whatever yeah. immediately. I know for a show you have to build the story, right? So right that that makes it good for the story to say, you know, uh, Joe, you know, Joe whoever lived here and died here, and so therefore that was Joe's ghost. Um, but there's obviously no uh definitive way to say that for sure was joe's ghost because there's no you can't take a sample or anything no. and um you know in a lot of times it's very um uh you know it's not very defined what you see so you can't see necessarily facial features totally all the time and you can't necessarily like they always wore like a necklace or something and that shows up or something like that yeah. um but i find that interesting because i always they always build the story off of exactly what they just researched and so it's like oh well you know that, that's convenient but uh you you know is it is it really what uh happened but i i understand story um the, to get a cohesive story you need to do things like that because yeah. it, for the viewer that's what the viewer wants they want to have some semblance of uh something that's cohesive right they don't want uh just fragments or anything because like you said most of the time you you spend, and I'm sure all these shows spend hours and hours sitting in the dark with nothing happening. And mm -hmm. then, you know, they, they do that for a week. And then out of that week, they put together, you know, an hour show. Yeah. Um, along with going to all these uh, other people and doing interviews and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, it's interesting though. I, I, I really hope that, um, you know, at some point in my lifetime that, that we get some, something that's more conclusive, um, happen. I, you know? You're going to see it soon. You think so? Yes. Because I happen to know a couple of guys that were on ghost hunters that have a new show that'll be coming out soon. And they have some equipment that's going to give you definitive proof. 
Oh, that'd be cool. I, Actually, I they've already it. used it. They've already used it on TV, but I think you're going to see more of it. So, oh, cool. I'm I'm yeah. anxious. But yeah, the, like you say, they're there for sometimes several days, sometimes several weeks, and mm-hmm. you'll get clips from different evenings. But even then, as much evidence as they pull up on television i don't care if you've been there a month you're not going to get as much evidence as some of these guys get right yeah it's kind of ridiculous i'm always now i think dude bro dude right (laughs) (laughs) that was what i was gonna get to they always get somebody always gets touched right and i believe that you can get touched i think that that can happen but i think that's kind of the go-to when things aren't going very well (laughs) oh something touched my shoulder you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, because it seems like whenever the uh, episode kind of has a little bit of a lull, then all of a sudden somebody gets touched and and uh, it's like, now if they get scratched or something, then you got something there um, that you can think about a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times it's like somebody touched my shoulder, but there's no discernible, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you touching their shoulder. It's not like they gouge them or something or anything like that. So yeah, I, but I, there's some that I like better. To be honest with you, a lot of times the ones that, oh, like you mentioned, Ghost Hunters, um, and that's the uh, I'm trying to blank on his name, but the guy who's the Roto Rooter guy, right? He used to be yeah. the Roto Rooter guy. <laughs> yeah, I like both. this show because sometimes nothing happens. I mean, well, they're you know, more honest, happens, about but not it. a lot. Yeah. yeah, and they try to debunk everything, not automatically. Right. Say, right. Oh, that was a ghost. Oh, do you hear that noise? It's got to be a ghost. No, sometimes, right. you know, um, something is, uh, how many times have you leaned a broom or something up against the wall and after a while it just kind of slides over and falls yeah. down? That stuff happens. Sure. So, but, uh, stuff you know, that's. Ha- well, they were, a pl- he was a plumber or something, right? And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, both the, both the Grant and, uh, and, oh God, I forget the other guy's name. But anyway, they were both Roto-Rooter guys. Yeah. And so a lot of times your house is, uh, I think people forget that your house is constantly moving, even though you don't feel it. But because of the processes, the heater, air conditioning, plumbing, um, if you live near a road that people drive on a lot. We live um, near a train. (laughs) Yeah. Train. I mean, you're constantly having movement that you may or may not notice because you've you've kind of blocked it out because you've been there long enough or you're just blocking it out. Um, um, but yeah, there's always something uh, happening in the background that you may or may not be aware of or just air movement uh, oh. whenever the heater comes yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I did an investigation at this place and they had a, a few other teams that had been in there and said, Oh, this place is so haunted this happens that happens and i went into this one room that they say this activity goes on when the air conditioning would turn on and then shut off the tiles in the ceiling would raise and lower That's, right they click it's yeah. pressure i mean it is yeah. air pressure you know they said <laughs> oh we had the, you could hear a chair rolling across the 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 top floor and you go up there they have a uh, fax machine and Mm. at a certain time every night it resets itself so you you know you hear the rollers and stuff in the in the in those copier fax machines 
that's what was going on. I thought it was funny. They would say, oh, yeah, about two o'clock in the morning, every night you start hearing voices. There's a freaking bar, not even a <laughs> block down the road. What time does a bar usually close? Two o'clock. Two o'clock in the morning. And you got people out there that drank too much and they're a little boisterous mm-hmm. and you're going to hear the voices. Yeah. So the, um, there's explanations uh, for a lot of this stuff. Uh, back a uh, long time ago, Blair Witch. You remember the Blair Witch uh, oh, yeah. uh, movie? So the Blair Witch movie had come out and I went to the movies to see it and we were watching it, you know, and it was it was pretty cool at the time you know obviously there's been a bazillion of those kind of found footage things since then but when Blair Witch came out it was kind of its own uh entity for a little while you know and Mm -hmm. we're in the in the in the uh, theater and there's not too packed I can't remember it's probably a matinee or something because I'm a cheapskate so I'm always trying to save a buck but the uh watching the movie all of a sudden you hear click 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 right in the inside the theater and it's not part of the movie like what was that you know, because it's all kind of moody and everything. And then a little bit later, click, 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 click. turns out uh, the drop ceiling in the theater, whenever the air would kick on, oh, it would yeah. basically ra- it would raise all these <laughs> ceiling tiles in sequence. And it was just going. And it was just the weirdest uh, experience because you're so in the mood, right? When we're watching that movie. And the, when the first few times it happens, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's that? <laughs> it's right here yeah. with us. When, uh, before I moved up here to Austin, we lived in, uh, LaPorte, Texas and in the place that I lived in, it was, it was haunted. And, um, I'm telling you, there was stuff that happened in there that it wasn't movement. It wasn't things like that. This was actual paranormal activity. I had a, uh, a lazy boy chair that would be turned upside down in the morning. And like it's all the way upside down, all like the way upside down. Those not, things are not light. No, exactly. <laughs> my, I got a, a grandfather clock from my grandfather when he passed away and it would be laid over on its side. And if that thing's going to really? fall over and crash, um, you're going to hear it. Okay. <laughs> well, that, and, um, I mean, it would fall apart. Uh, exactly but this thing would grandfather be grandfather clocks are not um durable you can't just push them end to end and expect things to stay together right yeah. but there there was one evening and i was sitting in my, i was sitting in my room and the room and the the, the bathroom uh were pretty much the same room um the only thing that was separated was the toilet and the shower but the sink and everything was pretty much in in the room Mm-hmm. So I had a linen closet and all of a sudden I started hearing it kind of move. And, and then all of a sudden it just started going like this. And I'm like, Whoa, what the heck? You know, am I, I've got to, you know, research this, what's going on, what's going on. And, and I'm a little shaken too, cause this was unexpected. And so I get up and thinking I'm going to find this, freaking ghost in the linen closet no my damn cat had gotten in there somehow and was scratching oh, no. <laughs> yeah was hitting the door at the same time i'm like well there's my paranormal activity uh, right there <laughs> yeah cats love to do that i don't know why they beat on doors make lots of noise but yeah i could go on about that stuff but 
Unfortunately, That's wild, though, the lazy boy and the clock is oh. wild stuff. I can't imagine walking out in the room and being like, what the heck happened here? I could tell you story after story after story. But unfortunately, we have come to the end of the show. So before we go, uh, somebody wants to catch your show. Where would they find it? Sure, they can find it at staticradio.com. Uh, it's on all of the listings everywhere uh any place you go i found it on a thing what was it called uh something overcast i didn't even know it was there and there it was <laughs> and what about social media uh same thing so most everything is under at the static radio uh, a few things are under my uh, name bob lament um, or miles title but uh, mostly static radio uh, if you want to go to, you know, uh, Facebook or Instagram or one of the Twitter, one of the major ones, every once in a while they come out and become popular and we don't catch it in time. So I think on TikTok we're like Static Radio 3 or something like that. But um, all most of the other ones, uh, Static Radio. Well, I'll make it easy for, for our audience. I'll put the, the uh, links in the description. So, but... Bob, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I really enjoyed this talk. Yeah, it was fantastic. We, we're uh, the art of conversation here today. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the audience enjoys that more than just the regular, oh, answer this question for me. Uh, I yeah. enjoy doing it this way anyhow. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, of course, man. Anytime. We'll have to do this again in the future. Sure. I, I've got a bazillion more stories and i want to hear more about your haunted house i can tell you that so ah would love to share that i love to talk <laughs> <laughs> but i also want to thank all of you guys out there if you are new to the channel please come back despite what you heard today no, i'm kidding <laughs> uh, hit that subscribe button for my regulars out there i appreciate y'all because you make it possible for me to do this so until the next one Everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Listen to the Vibes. You can catch us on Buzzsprout or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook at The Vibes Broadcast Network.